Welcome back to middle school. It's a zoo out there, so just be cool. Don't speak too loud, try to fit in. But if you don't, then you can be an outfit repeater. And you better believe that an outfit repeater is the best thing you can be. Just be chill, smiling, wave. If you stay with us, you'll be okay. It's rough out there, but you will always have a seat with the outfit repeater everyone and welcome to the outfit repeaters an unofficial lizzie mcguire recap podcast i'm your host marissa Cantor, and back with me as always is sam chung hello um back once again marissa what a treat it was last week to have ivan on the podcast with us it was so much fun it was a lot of fun and the best part was after he introduced us to my new favorite musician dothy frere from the country of iceland I know, what a weekend it has been. (laughs) (laughs) For those of you unfamiliar, strong endorsement for the song Think About Things by Dothy Frere, who I strongly believe would have won Eurovision 2020 had that event occurred this year. Oh, absolutely. No contest. He he runs away with it. It's not even it's not even close. Yes, I would agree. And you know, he has it all, right? Like he has a total bop, he has the choreography. He has a wind machine. He does. And I would actually argue that's not even his greatest work. I am more partial to Where We Want to Be, which is his quarantine song. There are just no, there are not enough words. Considering the music that we were forced to listen to in this episode, I mean, I don't know. It was a very musical episode, wasn't it? (laughs) (laughs) It was a very musical episode, and it gave me some great new sounds for the soundboard. Are we going to explain that now or are we going to wait? I mean, that one was pretty self-explanatory. The singer enunciated. It's (laughs) a little bit different than this clip. (laughs) Where you're like, what is he even saying? If, um, yeah, if I didn't have the captions on, I would have been very lost. (laughs) (laughs) But regardless, I pulled it. Yes. That is a clip we now have. So much music. My favorite thing, back to Dothy Frere, is that they're not even like a real band. Oh, yeah. It's just a guy and his wife. And then I guess the rules at Eurovision are that you can bring six people maximum in your band. So he was like, I'm just going to find s- six people. Yeah. But there's, there is no, there is no greater, like they are not like a real band. They are just like, we are going to do Eurovision and we are going to crush it. I think now maybe he'll reconsider. Maybe now that, you know, he's gone viral, he'll become a real band or a real musician. I kind of hope he doesn't. This is pretty magical. I'm ready for what's next, you know. I I await with bated breath. (laughs) Also, on the topic of music, because we had our guest last week, I didn't even have the opportunity to talk about the music that has taken over my life, and that is Taylor Swift's Folklore. (laughs) <laughs> you are very into this album. I am very into this album. I love it. I love it so much. You know, it's a Taylor Swift album. It's a little bit different, I guess. It's um very mellow. There's no bops. I love it. My takeaway from it is it's super fresh while also feeling completely nostalgic. And I just don't know how she did that. Like, it felt like I was listening to the Taylor Swift that I was listening to when I was 13. And like really was into her music as a teenager. Yeah. Back to basics. Back to basics. I mean, we have to go back to basics at this point in time. Yeah. And like super queer too. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I mean, that's the only, that's the only narrative that I will engage with. There are three songs on the album that are supposedly like a teen love triangle. People are like, oh, it's a guy and two girls. I'm like, no, it's three girls. That's the only... That's the only narrative that I will engage with. The only discourse. Yeah, I don't know the album well enough to know what you're... I know one of the songs you're referring to. Betty? Yeah, that's the one that you always talk about. I love Betty. I don't know the other two songs you're talking about. It's Cardigan and August. This means nothing to you. I'm wasting my breath. We can move (laughs) on now. (laughs) 
Okay. But we will we will not get off the topic of music anytime soon because for an episode called Facts of Life, it's really all about the tunes. We're gonna be laying down some insane tunage. <laughs> Were you setting me up for that? Did you mean to do that? I mean, I guess I did. <laughs> That was one of my better improv moments. I couldn't tell if you wanted me to do that or if you were like setting up for that or not, but I had the clip ready to go. I'm so glad you did. We don't need your root beer. Okay, now this is just overkill. <laughs> now you're just wasting all of our all of our new sounds. Sorry, I like teased all the sounds that we had in the last episode with Ivan and I didn't even get a chance to use them all, but I have so many sounds on this soundboard now. I mean... My country They're singing all over the soundboard now. There is. Do you want to go through the soundboard before we start? It sounds like you want to. All right. Well, like I told, like I said in the last episode, they're all organized by character. Obviously, Matt McGuire has the most clips. He is the most quotable character somehow in this in this show. Uh, Lizzie McGuire. I realized we had no Lizzie McGuire sound sound clips, so I've rectified that. Um, so now we have. You know, just your classic Lizzie McGuire sound clips. I'm hurt, I'm tired, I'm hungry, and I wish they'd vote me off this island. When will I be old enough to trust when I'm 50? It's politics. Take a chill pill, parents. Yeah, but then we have some from Gordo as well. I couldn't stink so bad without you. Mine, 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 mine. <laughs> <laughs> of course, we have Miranda. Your parents are so Blair Witch. That's one of my favorite pop culture drops. Your your parents are so Blair Witch. I'm trying to think, what else do I... Oh. They said I was power hungry! That's a good one, too. I don't even know what that means, but I gotta get back to school! <laughs> That's one of my favorite Matt ones. I, I really liked one. I'm the best! Matt McGuire is truly the star of the soundboard. Yeah, Matt McGuire, a lot of quotable moments. And then, yeah, I think everything else I've played before. I'm having a lot of fun with this. I, can tell. I, I have been really underutilizing the soundboard the past, how long have we been doing this now? Like five months? This is episode 25. <laughs> yeah, five months. Six months. Oh my God. Five and a half months. I think that this soundboard is going to be particularly brilliant when we do our album reviews and our like derivative Hillary Duff movie reviews. Mm, yes. Okay. So are you ready to dive into the episode? Yeah, let's just get into it. Okay. This is episode 125, Facts of Life. In this episode, Lizzie, Gordo, and Miranda enter a competition hoping to win a trip to Miami. And Matt and Lanny start a band, which is already glaringly obvious. <laughs> if you couldn't tell. If you couldn't tell. And this episode aired on October 12th, 2001. Yeah. I forgot, actually, until I looked at my notes right now. It starts out a little musical, too. It's like a teaser because we start off at choir practice. Yeah. At the Glee Club. Yeah. Mr. Escobar makes a comeback. <laughs> yeah. It's been a couple episodes for Mr. Escobar. It has. I, I guess he just teaches all the arts. I mean... That feels true to our high school experience. It's like one teacher teaches everything arts related, but then he also is the referee of the of the academic competition. Just does it all. He does it. All. There's only two teachers at this school. One's a substitute. And one is a substitute. <laughs> there was a third teacher, but she left the country for an unspecified reason. I really have come to appreciate the running gag that is Mr. Digg, even though he can be hella problematic at times. Like when he was taking random pictures? Yes. Yeah. But I see I see what they're going for. Most of the time it works. There's hits. There's misses. It's the it's the same shtick every time. It's like he'll say all these things that he's done, and then it's like, oh, actually I didn't do all of those things, but I could have. I feel like we've seen that now like three or four times. Of all the characters in the show, he really has situated himself in like, I know he's from Michigan. He makes that clear every episode he's in. So yeah, we start this episode at Glee Club and Miranda and Gordo are both there and it's kind of a plot twist, Gordo being there. Yeah, he needs a non-academic extracurricular to get into a charter school. Is Gordo trying to like leave his friends? 
is he actually taking my advice and like getting away, <laughs> getting as far away from his friends as possible? Yeah, this is like a weird thing that comes up where he's working on an application for charter schools. This felt so random. It felt so out of nowhere. It is out of nowhere, and I don't believe it is ever addressed again. I mean, clearly he doesn't get, spoiler alert, this all terribly fails, so he does not get into the charter school. Yeah. Like, he's not a good singer, A, and B, the academic uh, competition, the factathlon that they will compete in in this episode is just a complete failure. Yeah, it does not go well at all. Weird messaging around that that we'll get to. But yeah, they're singing that like Camp Town lady sing this song, Duda, Duda. Gordo's not dudaing enough. Yeah, they couldn't get the rights to Britney Spears. Yeah. Otherwise, you know that would have been in there. Truly. And then out of nowhere, Lizzie comes in after practice and says that they should try out for the Factathlon. Yeah, the reason being is that the winning team will get to go to Miami. Is that to compete in another competition or just a really expensive reward? I, yeah, I don't unclear. Know. But yeah, Gordo is stressed. It's very clear that he's stressed because he is yelling, hello, I'm stressed. And then Miranda is also like, yeah, Gordo's stressed. Why would he do this? That's when Miami comes up and Miranda is suddenly very down. Yeah, because Madonna loves Miami. Mm-hmm. And then Gordo has a change of mind He's like, actually, this will look good on his resume too, but they have to do it together and be completely focused. And then they start chanting, focus, focus, focus. Yeah, that's how you focus. That's how you get in the zone. (laughs) Wait, cut to theme song. So then we come back and Lizzie and Miranda are studying at Lizzie's house. Miranda asks Lizzie who Ulysses S. Grant is and she does not know, really. She can, like, associate him with things, but, like... Primarily the $50 bill. Yes. And then she's like, and I know Lincoln's on the $5 bill, so he must be 10 times as important as Abraham Lincoln. Lizzie, 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 Lizzie. And Miranda's like, come on, Lizzie. He was the commanding general of the Civil War. So then Lizzie asks Miranda, who invented the cotton gin? And I really appreciated the like word association that got her there. It was like a Michael Scott mnemonic. It was. (laughs) That's what I wrote down. Like she got from Whitney Houston to Eli Whitney. And I appreciate that. Hey, whatever it takes to remember. And then Gordo arrives and he's late because he was on his way to get donuts for everyone. But there were no donuts because he ate them all. Super random thing. Like, I didn't realize Gordo had such a sweet tooth. Me either, but dang, what a Gordo thing to do. Yeah. Have to be focused, turns up late with no donuts. Rude. Rude. And we learned that the students need a faculty advisor that will help them study hard for this competition. Yeah, so this is a little strange to me. I did not realize that there could be multiple teams from the same school. Like when they brought up this competition, I assumed that it would be a competition against a different school. That's normally how these things go. I didn't realize that it was a competition with it, like between your own classmates. You would expect that there would be some sort of collective team that all of them would be on because eventually they're going to run out of teachers, right? Like what if everybody wanted to compete? It didn't seem like they had that problem. But I get your point, and I know you're speaking from a place of authority as someone who was on a quiz bowl team. (laughs) What a throwback. Yeah, I was on my high school quiz bowl team. We were very close, I will say. Like, uh, we didn't actually get to compete, but we went to, like, the, I guess it's like a tryout, and we were very close. We were within a couple points of, like, making that cutoff to be, like, the final team that got in, and I, I remember a couple key questions that were missed that really, really just, you know, set us back. Really kind of gimmies that I think if we had had a redo, like you couldn't communicate with your teammates. One person had to just like raise their hand. And then that person was the the first person who raised their hand was the person who would answer the question. So for example, one of the questions was, what's the capital of Virginia? And somebody on my team raised their hand too early before anybody else could raise their hand and said, <laughs> um, Williamsburg, <laughs> which is not correct. So I feel like if we had had some of the questions 
like that back, we could have made it. We could have passed the threshold. The answer is Richmond. It's not Williamsburg. Not Williamsburg. <laughs> Ugh, that must have hurt you deeply. It really did. You're uh, very competitive, so I can't imagine. Like, I mean, it hurt me inside, but at the end of the day, you're a team. You have to support your teammates. You know, and at the end, we all get to go get subs anyways. So, you know, free lunch. Fair enough. But we could have done better, that being said. <laughs> Williamsburg. So, yes, Sam will be speaking to the Factathlon from experience. But I agree. And, like, where is this trip from Miami coming from? Like, who then is like, the school is sponsoring it? Yeah, it was very unclear, the structure of this competition. Like, I assumed that would be, like, the location of, like, some sort of national competition. But it didn't seem like that was the case. It seemed like it was just a vacation. But yeah, this scene ends. I do want to note how this scene ends because it's it's a good one. They ask Gordo about the Gettysburg Address and he makes a joke by giving an actual address in Gettysburg. And then Lizzie's like, that's not a joke. What does a cannibal call a phone book? A menu. <laughs> now that's a joke. I feel like the kids today won't get that joke. They'll be like, what's a phone book? I We're, know. We just dated ourselves because we know what a phone book is. I know. <laughs> we're right on the cusp though we really are like my oldest cousin is five years younger than me do you think he knows what a phone book is i don't know i don't know your youngest either. cousin probably doesn't yeah my youngest cousin is turning 11 and was using an iphone before she could talk so that's super strange freaky. right people used to get all like gung-ho about like i don't want to be listed in the phone book now it's like i don't care i can just look you up i can google search your house find out everything I want to know about you I know and this is a whole <laughs> tangent for a whole different podcast but just thinking about how much of our privacy we have just like given up to technology is terrifying but yeah so that is the setup of the a story now we get into the b story which might be one of my favorite b stories of the entire series to date we're gonna be laying down some insane tunage I just think that Matt McGuire shines in this episode. And like Jake Thomas, at, like, like you know how we say like his acting is either like the best or the worst? Yeah. Like it was at its best in this episode. Yeah, he really got into character. Although one thing that you said while we were watching the episode that really resonated with me was like, why aren't they in school? <laughs> <laughs> like it's the middle of the day. Lizzie, Gordo, and Miranda are in school. This was also strange, right? Because Sam clearly has an office that he can go into. He says at one point, I'm going to go into the office. Why are you already at the office? If it's a day where you could go into the office, then it's a weekday. Go to work. Yeah. Th this isn't the work from home life yet. This so far predates the Rona life. Why aren't you at the office? Why? And like, yeah, more, more specifically, why... If he can go to the office, then it's presumably a weekday, in which case, why aren't Matt and Lanny in school? And I think that's a plot hole. Did you say a plot hole? Well, it is. It just, like, the logistics of this episode, while it is one of my favorite B stories, the logistics of it makes zero sense. And there are some strange elements to it that we will get into. Oh, the timeline is all over the place. Right? Because yeah. on Friday, Matt has a disagreement with his parents. And he says that by Sunday, we're going to be laying down some insane tunage. Then we cut to school, and Lizzie, Gordo, and Miranda learn that Mr. Dig is about to quit. Then we cut to Sunday, and it's Matt's concert. Then we cut back to school, and Lizzie, Gordo, and Miranda are there convincing Mr. Dig that he should stay. <laughs> it makes no sense. Did we just jump forward and then backward in time? The more I think about it, the more my hands are just being thrown up in the air and like, I just want to quit. Like, I can't even begin to parse this episode. Such a plot hole. But we will continue to track it chronologically per the scenes um, because you did just skip quite ahead. I, t I, I did. I'm sorry. But yeah, Matt and Lanny starting a band and they need some instruments. 
Joe only has symbols from her marching band days, which is a new development. Um, and maybe why Lizzie's so um, triggered by the idea of being a band geek. Yeah, maybe. Um, and Sam has a guitar. Because we learn, of course, Sam McGuire was in a band with his buddy Riri and his cousin Stucco. No, you haven't, you haven't flipped. It was his cousin Riri and his buddy Stucco. <laughs> you can't win them all. Their band is called Midnight Sam and the Love Patrol. That's... Which sounds like a perfect band name for you. <laughs> Midnight Salmon. <laughs> what does that mean? What are you implying? Well, it's kind of like the cousin name to a little bit softer now. Oh, yeah. Uh, my friend Jake and I are in a, a band called A Little Bit Softer Now. <laughs> Maybe I can get Jake on one of these podcasts and we can talk about A Little Bit Softer Now. I'd be down to have Jake as a guest. Yeah. Um, I'll see if I can get Jake on the podcast and, and we can we can talk about this. I'm he not would sure. have to watch Lizzie McGuire. I'm not sure how familiar he is with Lizzie McGuire, but he is a TV connoisseur. So mm-hmm. I feel like he could have some inter- uh, interesting things to say. Put it in the books. I know. We do want to have more guests on in general. We do. Now that we did it once, we know we can do it. So It's a nice twist. <laughs> a little shake up. Yeah. It's nice to have somebody else to introduce that isn't just, and as always, <laughs> every week, because we are quarantined together. Coolness. But yeah, yeah. Um, Sam says they rocked. They did rock. I mean, did you not hear that? And Joe kind of laughs at him, but like, <laughs> has she heard her son? <laughs> not yet. <laughs> not, not yet. Um, so then we are back at school with Lizzie. And Gordo hands her a study schedule prepared by Miss Trimmer. We have not seen Miss Trimmer, and we never will. (laughs) Yeah, Miss Trimmer has left the country. That's it. Like, no further explanation. That is the explanation. And, of course, Mr. Dig is going to replace her as their advisor. Not their first choice. Well, actually, Miss Trimmer wasn't even the first choice, right? Lizzie had somebody else in mind, but that is the person who Kate somehow snagged. Um, I missed her. I missed that teacher's name, but Mr. Dig is who they have. And when Gordo asks if he's qualified, Mr. Dig says that he tutored Christina Aguilera in Spanish. Uh, he tutored the governor of Michigan in economics. He tutored Ben Affleck about Pearl Harbor, but then he says not really, but he was good enough too. That is Mr. Diggs MO. It's like, here are all the things I hypothetically could do, but I don't do anything. I'm a substitute teacher. Very curious what's on his resume. I would love to know. I mean, he's just a substitute. I feel like there's a low bar. But he does really truly feel like he aspires to be more than a substitute. What that means? Unclear. Unclear. But yeah, then we cut back to Matt. In the backyard, presumably in the middle of the school day, have, <laughs> having auditions for their band. Yeah, they need a third person. And that's when Sam tells Joe that he's going to head to the office for the rest of the afternoon, confirming it's a work day during school hours. Yeah, so we get a, a series of auditions that range actually, I think, in quality. Some of the auditions are really bad, but I actually thought some of the auditions weren't terrible. Did you note any standout auditions? All right. So there's a kid with a trombone, mediocre. There was a kid with drums, uh, or rather one sort of like djembe kind of drum. He was okay. You can't really mess up a djembe. Uh, there was a kid with a small keyboard, like a guitar, similar to those that you would see in a band like Dothy Frere. Uh, bad. There was a kid with a clarinet, bad. There was a kid with a violin that was actually pretty good, I thought. Um, there was a kid with a trumpet. I stopped taking notes after that. <laughs> it was more auditions than I needed. Yeah, and why weren't all of those children in school? They also, like, wildly ranged in, like, age. Um, before we even get to, like, the full grown. All the way up to Rick, <laughs> Rick Murata. Is Rick Murata, okay, am I missing something? Is Rick Murata a real thing? I have no idea who Rick Murata is. But Rick Murata says that he's played with Linda Rodstadt, uh, James Taylor, Steely Dan, John Lennon. He seems to be, at least as far as his character in the show is concerned, a well-versed drummer. 
No, he's a real person. This is real. Rick Morata, drums percussion. He has appeared on recordings by leading artists such as Aretha Franklin, Carly Simon, Steely Dan, James Taylor, Paul Simon, John Lennon, Holland Oates. Wow. We were witnessing a legend and I don't, we didn't even know it. <laughs> and we listened to, we, we listened to old people music. Like this is our music. Do love some old people music. Um, that's true. So yeah, Rick Morata. Crosby, Stills, and Nash. I love Crosby, Stills, and Nash. Whoa. I like Young too. That was all real. <laughs> well, I mean, not all of it's real. He plays a fictional drummer who lives at home with his dad. But he played himself on Lizzie McGuire. So yeah, he tries out. Um, he's given the gig on the spot. Because he's fantastic. And then he calls his dad, or his dad calls him, and he tells his dad he got the gig. One kind of cringy thing that happened during the auditions was Matt telling one girl, great babe, we'll call you okay. I noted that too, and I was going to jump back to that. Like, why does Matt call a like, nine-year-old child a babe? Is this how Me Too begins? Yeah. Yeah, it wasn't the- a great look for... A 10-year-old child. No. It's and not if a great it was, look for anybody. No. And yeah, if he's just sort of like mimicking his perception of what the music industry is and how to behave in it, it's not great. No, not really. Yeah. Did not love that. And now we go back to Lizzie. So I realized that in my notes, usually I like note each scene by location but this one i just went lizzie matt lizzie matt just like back and forth i mean there's really only two locations you're either at school or at home right they don't really jump around much no and so lizzie has a protractor a compass and a calculator she is ready and this is when we learn that kate claire and larry tudgman are a team kate and claire recruiting larry is an interesting development we have had like notes and like storylines of Larry having a crush on Kate. So it's not entirely surprising. Yeah, what an interesting duo. I thought it was more interesting that the person who seems most into it on their team is Claire. Oh, yeah. She seems the most focused on the goal at hand. Study, study, study. Study, study, study. Exactly. Yeah, Kate and Larry try to intimidate Lizzie and Miranda. They throw in some trash talk. It's very benign trash talk. (laughs) Yeah. Until Gordo walks by holding literally a box that's bigger than him of, I guess, study materials. Yes, and he brings those books into Mr. Diggs' classroom. Or I guess it's technically not Mr. Diggs' classroom. It it is now. (laughs) It's like Miss Trimmer's classroom. One would assume that he's teaching this for the rest of the year now. He's faculty now. Miss Trimmer left the country. (laughs) That's true. But Mr. Diggs says to put the books away. And he pulls out a pack of cards and says, we are going to play blackjack. I am going to first take unsolicited pictures of minors without their consent. Next step, I'm going to teach him how to gamble. Of course, Gordo is resistant, right? Like he wants to study the old fashioned way by, you know, reading books, memorizing facts, which is in essence what you should be doing for a factathlon. Yeah, and this will become apparent very soon. Yeah, and then we get this, like, montage, one could say, like a loop of Mr. Dick. He's not going to teach them. He doesn't want them to memorize facts. He wants them to, like, live live in it, to experience the learning. So Yeah, it's an immersive experience. Correct. That's the word I was looking for that I couldn't <laughs> seem to find. With the blackjack, and then for English... They, like, dress in period costumes and speak with bad accents. Yeah, it was like they acted out like a King Henry VIII simulation. It was very weird. And then they're doing science experiments, and it kind of loops with Mr. Diggs, like, method teaching um, in contrast to Kate and Claire and Larry just, like, very intentionally studying and memorizing and being stressed. Um, Kate has a stress rash which is notable then they do like a gravity experiment (laughs) i don't really know like yeah they're not really preparing for this very well mr dig tried to stand up for you really did but it is a fact athlon like fact (laughs) in the name i think later on they say that like 
they they know how it felt to be that person or they know they knew how it felt but they didn't know when it happened like they couldn't like associate dates yeah it's like can you imagine going on jeopardy and being like i don't know but i know how this i know how it felt yeah (laughs) (laughs) uh it's yeah the prep work is not great now when you were watching this episode did could you see where it was going did you know that they were in fact going to fail spectacularly oh i mean i knew there was no way that they were going to miami yeah (laughs) zero percent chance that lizzie gordo and miranda get to go on a trip to miami and then we're back to matt my favorite part of the episode is anytime matt mcguire is in it it's just i don't know i feel like the a story is very um like benign yeah and it's like it's kind of like we've seen it before it's kind of like a bigger version of when Gordo and Larry had their science competition. Yeah, and the slow bicycle race. And the slow bicycle race. It's kind of like that, just as the A, it's like the A story version of that. So it felt kind of like something that we had seen before. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. And, and you it, even have Gordo and Larry on opposing teams once again. Yeah, like nothing about it stands out. It feels totally just like removed from time. I don't know it just and it's so weird like they lose they end up losing the competition but they can't just lose gracefully like you know civilized people they have to put on a whole show of like oh we'll get there escaping just to also lose we'll get there you like to keep jumping ahead in this episode yeah I guess I just want to get to the end of that (laughs) of the a story but I don't want to skip over the b story because Matt and Lanny are having a huge disagreement about what to name their band I mean, a band name is, it's important. Matt says he wants something thought-provoking. Something that says they're all about the issues. Something kind of like spoink. <laughs> says it all. Now, Lanny's suggestion was the Lanny and Matt band. <laughs> the but- love for Rick Murata. <laughs> <laughs> Just the drummer. Um, my favorite thing too, I keep saying my favorite thing about the B story, but there are a lot of things I love about the B story. So then this leads into their first rehearsal, which is very not great and very much how we get that now infamous clip on the soundboard. For those who can't parse what that translates to, he says, how many times have I heard you complain? Then goes on to say, once twice (laughs) so good yeah is he joe mcguire in this situation who who is he like who from whose perspective is he singing maybe he's singing from his own and talking about lizzie oh maybe (laughs) lizzie does complain a lot yeah i also this is what i love that i didn't say yet lanny is playing like a full-size double bass and i love that it's so ridiculous yeah, neither Matt. Matt does not know how to play the guitar, and Lanny does not know how to play the bass. It, it's very clear. Yeah, so there we are. They are now rehearsing aggressively. And now we are back to Lizzie's story, and we are now at the Factathlon. Kate has a rash. It's expanded. Larry is, like, twitching, which is weird. They're so focused. They're so focused. And there's some pre-competition trash talking happening. And Lizzie says, while you guys were studying stuff, we were living it. Debatable. Debatable. Mr. Escobar is back as the MC, And I thought it was really funny that there was like a full auditorium set up and like no one was there. No one cares about no one cares. the fact. I don't even on. think Sam and Joe McGuire were there. They have a concert to listen to. Not yet. it's only friday i think (laughs) (laughs) i think um so yeah it's it's a disaster lizzie's team doesn't know any of the answers and that brings me to the quote that i like poorly referenced earlier where like miranda says i know what the colonists felt but i don't know when they felt it (laughs) uh they didn't study dates and it's like you would think that Because part of me was like, this doesn't feel right to Gordo because I feel like Gordo would at least have some. Yeah, Gordo wouldn't get bageled. Gordo would at least put some points on the board. Yeah, unless he's one of those students that just like study, 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 but then like actually internalizes nothing 
But you would think he would have to like retain some information. Like he would just know these things because he's Gordo. Yeah, you would think so. And like you wouldn't forget, you wouldn't lose your entire memory of pretty basic historical events that you've been presumably studying your entire life. I couldn't stink so bad without you. That rings true. <laughs> he stunk so bad. He stinks so bad. With Lizzie and Miranda. Yeah. They really just brought him down. All Gordo wants to do is get into a charter school. I know. That's all he wants. <laughs> yeah. And Lizzie is already ready to like ditch, right? Like she already comes up with a plan that like includes what like Gordo faking. So Gordo has to fake an injury. And then Miranda will pull the fire alarm. That's the plan. That's a terrible plan. (laughs) Lizzie, not known for her plans. Can we officially call Lizzie a quitter? Because she quit modeling after two minutes with a similar half-baked plan. I think Lizzie is officially a quitter and also just the worst (laughs) planner. Yeah, her follow-through is not great. She has no dignity, no pride, and the end result is the same. (laughs) No, either way you lose, but it's like how you lose that shows your true character, as a coach of mine once said. Yeah, and you can't just, like, she can't just let- Like, this is bad sportsmanship. It kind of is. She really can't just let Kate's team crush it. Like, first Gordo's like, no, 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 no. Like, we have to focus. But then Kate's team just continues to slay- And by the end of the scene, Lizzie's plan is executed. This is a bad lesson for children. Like, take it on the chin and do better next time. Yeah, it's not Don't fake a heart attack as a 12-year-old. Like, Gordo's... (laughs) I know, he, like, like, clutches his heart and, like... (laughs) I know, Lizzie's, like, faking illness and Gordo, like, has a heart attack. (laughs) And, like, wouldn't there be pretty severe consequences for pulling a fire alarm and setting off the sprinklers. Oh, there would be severe consequences, both like physically and like disciplinarily. First of all, when you pull one of those, the entire building floods. So much water comes out. (laughs) Everything gets ruined. It's not as like, oh, that's cute (laughs) as it seems in the show. Like (laughs) that's very bad for everything. And is that addressed? No. No. Are there consequences? No. Lizzie, Lizzie, Lizzie. Okay, back to the joy of this episode. (laughs) We're back at the McGuire house and Joe and Sam are struggling. Yeah, rehearsal is hard to listen to. I have sympathy for this. I had, in high school, I was in a band. We were called Slippery People. This is a real band this time. This This isn't a me and Jake band. I was in a real band called Slippery People. Shout out to Slippery People. And I can imagine at times my parents must have felt this way. While you were preparing for the fashion talent show? I mean, we played several events. We played at graduation. Well, I guess not graduation, kind of like senior day. I forget what that was called. Class day. Class day. Yeah, we played at class day. Um, we played at like one kind of talent show concert kind of thing, a showcase. I don't know. We played at a couple things. We had a couple moments. You know, but when you're rehearsing, it's not supposed to go smoothly. You're working out the kinks before you get to the show. Absolutely. And so they're working it out. Matt comes into the kitchen and he needs root beer for Lanny and coffee in antacids <laughs> for Rick Murata. <laughs> the joke is that Rick Murata is an adult, a full grown adult. Yeah, I feel like we like, I feel like we skipped. I mean, I feel like that's obvious. But we kind of went on a tangent about Rick Murata being real and distinguished <laughs> and really kind of skated over the fact that these 10-year-olds now have like a full like 45-year-old man in their band. <laughs> <laughs> How they're paying him, I don't know. Maybe Matt has leftover funds from when he sold all his furniture. Mm, Lanny's website, don't forget. Oh, yeah. And Lan- <laughs> How could I forget? Yeah. Lanny created Webkins. And then um, Joe and Sam try to have a heart-to-heart with Matt about the band. And this is the clip I want to play in this episode. Uh, let's play the clip. Um, Matt, your dad and I are thinking that maybe this band thing just isn't working out. I mean, you guys rehearse a lot. A lot. And you're not, um, not getting much better. Are you saying we should quit? No, 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 no. Well, yes. Haven't you guys always told me that if you really love something, you should stick with it, no matter how long it takes? 
Yeah, you know what? We have always said that, but um, the thing is, we were wrong. Dead wrong. We see that now, son. Our band isn't giving up. Today's Friday, and by the time we have our backyard concert on Sunday, we're going to be laying down some insane tunage. And we don't need your root beer. The office is closed on Sunday. How remarkable is that clip? That is one of my favorite clips. I love that clip. Matt McGuire has a dream. He has really, you know, internalized the lessons of his parents. And he's not going to give up. And you know what? Matt McGuire knows something. I'm the best! He is the best. (laughs) Joe and Sam are really, like, you can see the, like, exhaustion on their face. Like, they're kind of, like... They're not doing so good. Yeah. No principles. It's true, though. This is something that they've told Lizzie, too. It's like, you can achieve whatever you want to, blah, 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 blah. Yeah, they're typical, um, you know, boomer parents of millennial children in that way. But then they're the same people who who will turn around and call them entitled. Yeah. (laughs) It's like, well, you said that. (laughs) You said we could do whatever we wanted. It's like, okay, boomer. (laughs) We don't need your root beer. I really want to have a reason to say that to someone in real life now. <laughs> we don't need your root beer. You know what else I was thinking? Um, I, I missed opportunity earlier when you were talking about Matt not being in school. Then I could have played this clip. I don't even know what that means, but I got to get back to school. <laughs> That's a really great clip too. Uh, so many great Matt clips, like I said. Now we get to the like, what the heck part of this timeline, right? Because we cut back to Lizzie. She's still in school. Um, Completely dry. It's completely dry. Wait, is she dry? (laughs) Yeah, they look pretty dry. Are they in the same outfits? Or are they in different outfits? No, it's the same outfit. Okay, so yeah, same day, completely dry. And that was a disaster. They acknowledge it. And... Apparently, according to Kate, this just like broke Mr. Diggs' spirit and he is quitting. See you in Miami. Oh, wait. I guess we won't. Wow. Sick burn. (laughs) Oh, man. This is just really painful. (laughs) Because now we are at the... That's a very short segment. We cut back to Matt and the Backyard Concert. On Sunday. On Sunday, yes. On Sunday. Very important. This is Sunday now. They have their whole setup, and it looks great. And I wanted to note that I really liked the fact that there were more people at this concert than at the Factathlon. Yeah, this concert is a... Rick Baratas there. And his dad. And there's another great (laughs) Matt one-liner where he's just like, see, Rick's dad is supportive. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I forgot about that one. That is a good one. But yeah, they they start to play. And you know what? The concert comes together. Matt's not very good, but it's passable, is what I wrote. They turn it around, and he somehow learns how to play the guitar. But not really. His singing is, like, mediocre, but, like, solidly, like, little kid cute, I would say. Yeah, you know, like I said, passable. It's passable. It's a passable concert. They really have like a genre change too because it becomes less heavy metal and more like old rock and rolly. Wait, you think this is heavy metal? <laughs> yeah. She's just screaming into the microphone. Isn't that the definition of heavy metal? That's not heavy metal. That's still rock. I don't know. I, it's, it's, it's borderline metal. okay but yeah they perform they get a standing ovation joe and sam are like are you gonna get an agent like this is (laughs) like clearly they're they've just surpassed all expectations they're the next big thing they're like hansen yeah and then that's a 2001 reference right there (laughs) matt is like eh, the band is over we've done that and it's history isn't this you were showing me like a Phineas and Ferb that, episode. I was just going to talk about that. Yes. This That's is exactly, the one episode of Phineas and Ferb that I've seen because this, you showed me that. This is exactly what happens in that Phineas <laughs> and Ferb episode with their one hit wonder where they just want to have a one hit wonder. 
<laughs> and it's a bop. It's a banger. Yeah. Um, and and they get their sister Candace voiced by Ashley Tisdale to sing. That was what this reminded me of. It is the same thread, right? Like they did their thing. They accomplished it. But now it's over. Yeah. Now they're going to try snowmobile racing. Yeah. Phineas and Ferb is pretty post Lizzie McGuire. <laughs> Disney Channel just recycles the stories. So funny, though, because it is the same. It is the same thing. Gitchy, gitchy goo means that I love you. <laughs> it's a great song. Just nonsense. But yeah, then we skip back to school on Friday. <laughs> yeah. Again, this is baffling. Right. And we can prove that it's Friday because of the outfits, no? Like, if we see them and they're wearing the same outfit. No, they are in different outfits. Oh, they're on different outfits. Oh, maybe it's Monday. So maybe it's Monday. So Mr. Dig decides that he's going to quit on Friday, and he's a substitute. He has no belongings. But Monday, he's there to pack up his his, belong- <laughs> his belongings. Well, maybe he would have belongings if he is, like, Miss Trimmer's permanent substitute. He's been permanent substitute for, what, a week? I don't know. All right. But, yeah, okay. So it must be Monday. It has to be Monday because they're wearing different clothes. Okay, I feel a little bit better. Feel a little bit better about the timeline? Yeah, I was getting really worried. But yeah, Mr. Dig is really sad. Um, He thinks that he let them down. He absolutely did let them down, by the way. But Lizzie, Gordo, and Miranda, like, really rode themselves into a motivational speech to cheer him up. I will say, though, that Mr. Dig is wearing the same outfit for the entire week. He always is. (laughs) A notable line is Gordo saying... I always busted my tail for school. I didn't know it could be fun. So, the more you know. The more you know. And this really just like improves Mr. Diggs' mood. And he's back. Yeah, he's going to stay now. He's going to stay now. It didn't take much. And then, okay, this part of this ending makes me so mad. Why does it make you mad? Oh, my God. Okay. Do so share. We have a flash forward to the following week because... Kate and Claire and Larry, I guess, just, like, immediately go to Miami. No prep. Like, no planning. No planning. Just pack up your bags and go. And they come back. And it is a terrible experience. We see this before they even speak. Kate has, like, bug bites all over her body. Claire is on crutches. And Larry is bright red. It's just, okay, so Kate got bit by sand fleas. Claire stepped on a sea urchin, and Larry got so sunburned, his teeth hurt. And when he spoke, he did not open his mouth. He, like, ventriloquist spoke. And then Lizzie and Gordo and Miranda laugh at them and say, thanks, Mr. Dig, as if this whole thing just prevented them from going on a terrible trip to Florida that they wanted to go on so bad because (laughs) their enemies got maimed. No, they're bad. What is the message supposed to be here? They're mean. Like, not only did they lose not gracefully. Oh, yeah. It was was not classy. Not a classy loss at all. Then they mock their fellow classmates who are all clearly in pain one way or another. I don't know. It's like the more I watch the show, the more I really want to write a book from Kate's POV. Yeah. Like a reimagining of Lizzie McGuire from Kate Sanders POV. That would be an interesting POV because clearly Kate is obnoxious. Kate is a bully. Kate lets popularity get to her head. But also, <laughs> at times, she is unfairly vilified. Oh, yeah. And I, I really think that like Lizzie and Kate, I think we've talked about this before, are two sides of the same coin. It's just like Lizzie's the protagonist and we're supposed to sympathize with her. They are the same character. Analysis. <laughs> They're like a nature versus nurture that just plopped into this middle school. And it's like, oh, if one thing had happened differently, this person would be this person and this would, <laughs> and they would have switched roles. Kate is mostly like your typical like middle school bully. And like nothing that she says or does is like, yeah, like we all knew that girl that was like Kate. But, like, sometimes she is so vilified and honestly, like, tormented for, like, no real reason. Yeah. And, okay, it's a little bit understandable. It's Kate. But, like, Claire, I feel like, has never really done anything that bad. You know? Like, Claire seems like a a nice enough person. And Claire's mom seems nice. 
Yeah. <laughs> and Larry, you know, Larry's pretty harmless. Yeah. So to just be like laughing and like being like, ha ha, thanks, Mr. Dig. Like you, you really saved us in the end. It's just such a cruel and unnecessary way to end the episode. Yeah. They're bad losers, but they're also bad winners. Are they just bad people? <laughs> yes. And that's the end of the episode. <laughs> that is episode 125, Facts of Life. So yeah, I, I it, this episode is funny for me because it has both one of the worst A stories, I think, but at the same time, one of the best B stories. Yeah, B story really just carries this episode. It really does. Now on to outfits and we have a lot of outfits to talk about in this episode. We do. Um, I want to start off. So Gordo and Miranda are at choir practice. Underreported story, I think, uh, Gordo and Miranda at choir practice together. Like, you're all like, they never spend time alone with each other. Like, clearly they do. They spend, they have this whole extracurricular activity that they do together. But Lizzie comes in to get them from choir practice, and she is sparkly. She is a lot to deal with. Um, everything else is very um, mundane comparatively. Like the color palette is very um, like neutral, I would say. And then Lizzie is just in like all pink sequin tank top, like a truly wild print that is really hard to decipher. Like I don't really <laughs> know where her shirt ends and her pants begin. Maybe it's all one thing. Maybe. It's bright. It came in and I was like, You're what's like, happening? Whoa. And then she has like little tiny buns, like a half up, half down sort of look in her hair. Those are some like serious bell bottom pants. Oh, yeah. Um, Lanny is an outfit repeater. Big news. Ooh. <laughs> an outfit repeat. Yes, I do vividly remember trying to decipher what is on this shirt. I still he, don't know. He wore this shirt when they went to go get their hammock at the knockoff Brookstone. I remember that vividly because I was like, what is the pattern on Lanny's shirt? And you were like, I don't know. So Lanny, outfit repeater. I wish we had some sort of sound for that. I know. Should I skip forward to the movie and pull that clip? And then we can just play that clip? Yes. That's from the movie, right? That is from the movie, from the beginning of the movie. From the beginning of the movie. All right. Uh, Sam McGuire, it turns out, was in a band back in the day. And we see young Sam McGuire. Yeah, um, it's very, it's very 70s. It's very Bee Gees. When it was made known that we were going to see young Sam McGuire, did you expect a younger actor or did you expect Robert Carradine in some sort of wig? Um, well, I knew what was going to happen. So what did you expect? I have no idea what, <laughs> I have no idea what I expected. Um, but yeah, we got a lot of chest in this look, a lot of chest peeking out Yeah. from Robert Carradine. His shirt looks like branches very bgs it looks it does look a little bgs you are very correct all right so following day or no same day different day following day i yes. don't know no it's the it's the following day that's a different shirt it's very similar but it's um distinctively camo that's true and she's wearing different pants you are very yeah. correct but yeah and we mentioned mr dig always in his yellow yellow shirt rick Morata comes in just looking like a rock star he does. He's got like a leather vest. You Little know. hoop earrings. Yeah, he's Rick Morata. Yeah. Spiky hair. He, you don't mess with Rick Morata. You don't. I'm truly ashamed that I didn't know who he was <laughs> until just now. All right, so Mr. Diggs' um, lesson comes with costumes. Yeah, I mean, he is very Shakespeare. What else is there to say? But it's not really Shakespeare because it's also King Henry VIII. Mm. It's like, what lane is this? Their hats are really wild here. They are. I want to skip forward a little bit. None of the outfits are too crazy after that until we get to Matt's concert. So let's skip forward to Matt's concert because Matt comes out just... Looking like a rock star. He has some interesting jeans, slightly ripped. Bell bottom. Bell bottom. <laughs> a red tank top that's tucked in and this like <laughs> giant like... Fur vest, like he's wearing an animal. Looks very soft. Oh, he also has some like fake hoops in his ears. <laughs> like three. Um, he's a rock star. He's very much um, emulating Rick Morata. These are probably the earrings that uh, Lizzie put in her nose. Pro 
Probably. <laughs> so oh, they and just some, get repurposed And don't forget bit. the sunglasses once he starts. Oh, yeah. Can't forget the sun. Oh, and, and some chains. chains. Can't forget the chains. It's full rock star up in here in the McGuire backyard. Spiky hair. Spiky hair. Matt also has, you know, some sort of bicep tattoo happening. <laughs> it's just really incredible. He really went all in. Um, so did Lanny. We got to give some respect to Lanny, too. Is Lanny wearing a shirt that says metal? Is that yes. what that says? <laughs> and it has, like, studded. It's like a tank top with studs in the sleeves. So I guess even though Matt's genre has changed, Lanny has remembered his roots. <laughs> um, he's wearing, like, a choker with shells on it and then, like, clear glasses. And Rick Morata just looks like a dad. Yeah. He um, looks like his least rocker self. Yeah, he looks more like a rocker in his audition. Yeah. Come on, Rick Morata. Oh. Who did are we, they? Did we mention at one point random neighbors creep into the concert and it was never addressed? Like, what happened there? It's so random. Who are random. these people? I don't know. I assumed they were neighbors who were just impressed with Matt's vocal ability. It was so weird, and there was no explanation. Was so weird. And they're taller than the basketball hoop, so they're giants. That it? They're like Dothy Frere height. Well, there you have it. The notable outfits in this episode. Last, but certainly not least, we must talk MVP. I feel like we're going to agree on this. Yeah, I think it's a no-brainer. It's a no-brainer. It's Matt McGuire, right? Absolutely. It's Matt McGuire. 1,000%. <laughs> we don't need your root beer. <laughs> He's the best. I'm the best! <laughs> I mean, what what can what's what more is there to say that we haven't already said? It's true. He had a dream. Unlike his sister, he followed through. He created some insane tunage. He recruited a really distinguished drummer. And you know what? He got out of fame before fame could ruin him. Yeah, he had and his moment. And he did it the right way, unlike Lizzie. He had his moment. He proved himself that he could do it, but then he did it, and it was time to move on. This 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 B story will stay with me. <laughs> it will live on. It will live on. It caught like three clips on the soundboard. So the pad, there's eight pads, and I have on this page a full page. All eight pads are filled with Matt McGuire clips. There's just so many, so much good Matt McGuire content. Can you have indefinite pads, or does it cap out? I mean, that is a great question. I guess we'll find out okay. one day. Or maybe we won't find out. Maybe it will be infinite. But truly, Matt McGuire runs away with it. And I feel like he might be creeping up on the leaderboard. He's only one behind Lizzie now. Wow. That feels right to me. Yeah, I mean, the show's about them. It is. Can't believe Sam McGuire only has one MVP. For all the love that Sam McGuire gets on the soundboard, he doesn't get a lot of love by way of MVP. But that's how it goes. That's how it goes. He's got to step up his game if he wants more MVPs. Yeah, there you have it. This was episode 125, Facts of Life. As with many of these episodes, the highs were extremely high and the lows were quite low. I feel like that's your go-to when we're talking about these episodes. You're always like, the highs were high, the lows were low. I haven't said that in a while, but I do say that. But it's true. Where's the lie? It, like, how can one episode simultaneously give us, like, the best B story and such a mediocre A story? No, you're not wrong. You're not wrong. There's no consistency. You're right. As always, be sure to follow us at Outfit Repeat Pod on Twitter. You can email us at OutfitRepeatersPodcast at gmail.com. Comments, questions, suggestions, we're open. Thoughts about Dothy Frere? <laughs> and taylor swift uh, and taylor swift sure as always uh you can find this episode and all of our previous episodes at our website www.paginatedmedia.com slash outfit repeaters that's also where we're going to upload photos of the incredible outfits of this episode and be sure to tune in next week when we talk about episode 126 scarlet larry larry tudgman Scarlet Larry. Is that Larry in the thumbnail? It is. He is wearing a new shirt. A black polo a from Larry Tudgeman? Big development. 
big development. Wow. Is that growth? 